Hi, and a big welcome to another episode of Laughter and Lunges with your hosts, Catherine and Sarah. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us today. We would love it if you could rate, follow and share the podcast so that it can reach even more ears. Here's today's episode. Hiya. How are you doing, Catherine? Yo, 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 yo. That were four yo's there, weren't there? Wow, that was that was <laughs> excessive yo yo in. <laughs> it's a way that we both greet each other quite regularly is yo yo yo. I know. And if I'm feeling particularly happy, it'll be yo 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 champ at the end. Oh, love it. <laughs> That's a sign love that you're champ. like in a having a good day. <laughs> <laughs> That's I've shook the magic eight ball and it's told me today's gonna be good. So I'm champing all over the place. That takes me back to your amazing analogy in the last podcast. Oh, uh, stuff at you. If you How's... haven't already listened to the last podcast <laughs> listeners, then please go back and listen. Oh, definitely. Go back and listen to our lovely little voices. How are you doing today, Catherine? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. All the better for for seeing your little face. And we were, Aww. we like had a pre-podcast chat, didn't we, earlier? And you know what, actually, I was like writing some podcast notes out and I this is just a really like not an interesting story whatsoever but it's interesting for me I started typing the word podcast and I wrote podcasts I obviously just have cats on the brain yeah how Uh, how are you Sarah I am doing very well thank you I it's weird when you ask that because I sort of try and think of like what have I been up to where have I been and my mind is almost blank because in I'm very much in this moment right now uh, which is a quite a nice way to be but I'm doing well we had a little oh, it's had a little accident this morning Aww. so he's he's feeling sorry for himself for anyone that doesn't know Otis is my cocker spaniel he is a legend so he's feeling a little bit sorry for himself so I'm doing well but Otis is not so much oh poor little Otis I know. I'm sure he'll be all right. I'm sure he will. We'll just Fingers give him like, even more hugs than usual. He'll be hating it. <laughs> Hashtag shout out to Otis. Oh, shout out to Otis. <laughs> Don't get me started again on that. Oh. I mean, other than Otis, it's obviously his injury is not a funny story. But do you have any like interesting or funny stories from the last couple of weeks? Because it was like two weeks ago that we recorded our last podcast wasn't it which I can't quite believe it's been two weeks Catherine I'm gonna answer that with a no because (laughs) (laughs) I think I just said like I'm very much in the here and now right right now that I can't even cast my mind back even really to yesterday never mind like the last two weeks how about you have you done anything interesting or funny any more shoes and feet and things like that (laughs) I feel like when that question gets sprung on me and very much struggle to think of anything um I actually kind of have a funny story about the cats I'm really underselling this aren't I people are gonna be like shut <laughs> up just get on with the podcast so our two kittens like out of our two kittens Maisie the girl they so they both came to us litter trained which was amazing they're little angels I think they're 11 weeks old now, but they both wow. go in their little tray they're amazing um but Maisie has this really bad habit of stepping in her own poo in the litter tray before she's covered it up it's kind of gross um and for such small creatures it's quite smelly as well oh yeah so now whenever we hear them scratching around in the litter tray we go and watch because we're just really anxious that you're gonna step poo around the flat 
so we go and watch Maisie have a poo. I feel really bad because <laughs> we're just stalking her while she's going to the toilet. And then when she doesn't step in a poo, we're like, oh, well done. That's amazing. Well done, Maisie. And when she steps in a poo, we have to do a paw check to make sure there's none stuck on her paws. Then she's going to walk it around everywhere and get it on the sofas and make a mess. Um, so we were doing a paw check the other day and we closed the little door to the room where they're literally so they can't just run away. We do a little paw check. We wipe down their paws and then they go away. We don't do this every time. This sounds really <laughs> obsessive. We don't do this every time. But there was one time a few days ago where we went through and there was this little bit of something on the floor and Hannah was like, I think that might be poo. It was oh. a tiny little speck. And I was like, oh, let me just check. I picked it up like with my bare hands. I just picked it up and was checking to see if it was poo. It was poo. So I obviously was, I was not the winner there because I held no, poo. No, no. <laughs> At least you didn't go in for like the taste test or something thinking it was like a bit of biscuit or something Mm. like that. (laughs) Oh, this is is a bit of my protein bar from earlier. (laughs) Oh, you'd have had to really style that one out. To be fair, you probably could have got away with that saying it was a protein bar because some of them do taste vile. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So this is our... uh... The joy that we've had over the last week is is poor checks numerous times a day. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the joy of having kittens, right? Mm-hmm. I bet someone listening will, like, I don't know, message back and be like, you shouldn't do that. Let them get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let them smear their poo across the flat. It's fine. Oh, gosh. Anyway, enough. Oh, Enough of my poo chat. I'm very sorry for that. <laughs> Do you know what I've noticed? Just to interject there, I feel like this is a couple of times now you've brought poo chat to this podcast. Um, just let's keep an eye on this, listeners, because this could be Catherine's thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that it's an interest of mine. <laughs> um, what are we talking about today, Catherine? Yeah, let's actually get on to the reason why we're here and let's move away from cat and poo chat. I think that would be a good show. Um, So today we're going to talk to you about how online coaching can help you to get results. So what Sarah and I are going to do are talk about some, I suppose, key values that we have to use to help our clients to get results and to keep those results long-term, which is a key aspect of the coaching process. It isn't just about getting quick fix results as fast as you can and then losing that and losing out on all the hard work that you've put in. So some of these things will be implementable. Is that a word? You can take them away and use them for yourself. Um, maybe you can, what's the word? Lament. Does that mean, Oh, does that mean think about them? Is that what lament means? It just popped into my head. I'm sure you, I've heard you say lament before, so I just copied you. <laughs> Have I? Was it like one of the days where I wasn't able to pronounce ferment or something? <laughs> <laughs> when I was talking about kombucha. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to talk about why these specific values that we've identified are, why they're important, how you can pra- practically apply them. And then how they like underpin being successful in the long term, as opposed to short term quick fixes. Um, and I think that's it. Have I missed anything? Don't think so. I think you explained that delightfully well, Catherine. Thank you. What is what is our first port of call? I think should we go with 
enjoying the process. Yeah. I think this one, for me, it's about helping clients to find something that's sustainable for them. So it's focusing on a broader spectrum of life as well. So um, not looking at almost, as Catherine said, that short-term like gain, but almost like what's the long-term gain? What's the long-term impact of this? So how is what we're doing and implementing, how's that impacting on your work, your social life, your private leisure time, your home life and your relationships? Because if it is having a negative impact on that, then you're going to enjoy the process a lot, lot less. Whereas if we can try and find something that you enjoy and that fits in with those other important areas within your life, then you are going to find something that's going to be more sustainable for the long term. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And the alternative to doing that is potentially going for something that is a quick fix say for example you have um a goal of changing your body composition that might be through a combination of losing fat and growing muscle mass and through the fat loss side of things you might go for something that's like a really aggressive diet that you end up not enjoying and resenting you like you end up resenting the process and because you restrict yourself so much that you can't like Sarah has said do the things that you enjoy and follow the things that you value as well because when you put place restrictions on your food choices then that might mean that the knock-on impact is you not being able to properly attend a social event or feeling that you are massively restricted that you can't even go to that social event or even having the fear of a holiday coming up and then you can't enjoy the holiday and then you come out of it feeling guilty because you haven't met those really restrictive things that you've placed on yourself or those restrictive targets that you've placed on yourself. So again, going back to like enjoying the process is incredibly important. And I think there, like obviously you mentioned about the food side of things, but even in terms of movement, finding movement that we enjoy because that again is going to keep us going sort of more long term if we're trying to fit in I always pick a really ludicrous number of work like 10 workouts a week um training twice a day I just want to pick something that feels like just a lot um then that's going to have impacts then on other things that we're doing. So it might even be that that becomes not enjoyable for you or enjoyment in other areas has reduced, or it might be that we're looking at doing a certain type of exercise, whether that's training at the gym. And actually you just really don't enjoy that, but you really enjoy going to Zumba always gets chosen going to Zumba or like pump classes <laughs> is that or... because we we just don't see ourselves doing Zumba I have yeah I have like no rhythm whatsoever I, I, I don't think I have a very good um dancer's ability but it's obviously something I could work on if if it was a real something I wanted to kind of explore no so limiting I yourself Sarah I am limited <laughs> Sorry. I think it's I think it's that I'm going to probably use the word again like loads today but about getting curious about like what you enjoy and just because someone else is doing something doesn't mean that you have to and I think we can get so caught up on that often like what's the best way to do this what's the most optimal and we forget then to look at what do I enjoy and I think that's such a big part of the process because 
we're going to be more motivated to do something that we feel is enjoyable for us. And that's not to say that there won't be times where it might be difficult to do those things. It isn't something that then becomes easy because it's enjoyable, but it definitely becomes easier. And I think that's a big part of the process as well. That is a really good point that you've made there about doesn't always, because it's enjoyable, it doesn't necessarily always have to feel easy and it depending on what goals you have especially if you have muscle building goals or strength building goals it's naturally going to be hard at some points and if it isn't hard sometimes it's not kind of maybe it's not as worth doing not all the time not 100% of the time caveat that (laughs) (laughs) um but I also think that you know through like coaching lots of clients like we have that sometimes we, we find that we have to encourage clients to enjoy certain things or maybe be more open to enjoying and exploring different activities. So a client may come in with a preconception about like weightlifting and be yes. like, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I just don't like it. And we find a way for them to enjoy it, whether that is changing it or whether that is getting them to think about it a little bit differently. Because I think breaking down some of those preconceptions um, and beliefs about certain types of exercise can be a way to actually encourage you to enjoy it. Yeah. And I think you used a great word there, that encouragement. I think that's a big part of having a coach as well is that encouragement to explore those avenues and those options and how that client might make that work for them. Because I'm sure we've both had the scenario where we're working with a client, we've set certain workouts, but they're actually coming back and saying, I just can't get them done. I've not got the time. And so you break it down for them and it becomes then something that is enjoyable because they can see how that can fit within their life, within their routine. Whereas without having that coach, if they were following a set workout, it might then lead to, well, I just don't enjoy that. So I can't do that or that's not for me. But having that coach to explore how that can work for you and become something that is enjoyable through that encouragement that you've said, Catherine, I think is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Wicked. Do you want um, to do the next one? Yeah. Our next point was about keeping things simple. But please don't mistake Stupid. this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A, please don't mistake this as like... <laughs> being stupid so things have to be kept really simple the other thing I was going to say is keep things simple or keeping things simple doesn't mean that it's going to be easy so when you do come into a coaching a coaching process what am I talking about when you (laughs) when you do start working with a coach there are going to be things that are difficult there are going to be things that are challenging but yeah don't mistake the simplicity like for like it being easy I think that's like a common misconception is oh if it's simple then it's going to be really easy actually the simple things done consistently over time are what oh, is what is going to bring about results and we've spoken about this before in previous podcasts haven't we there's like consistency um so what what we really value in that simplicity is making sure that our clients don't feel overwhelmed because overwhelmed being feeling overwhelmed can then lead to inaction it's like the fight or flight or freeze yes right definitely yeah and I just want to caveat um what I just said there I wasn't calling you stupid Catherine I was thinking <laughs> of that 
acronym. Do you remember we mentioned it before? The oh, the keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, which again, I don't like that word. So I think you're right, Catherine. I think so often we do confuse keep it like when something's simple, we feel like it should be easy. But those things, the theory behind it might be fairly simple, but the actioning of it and being able to be consistent, as you said, over that longer period of time isn't always easy. Um, But helping to reduce that overwhelm can help to make it more simple, which can make it easier then to implement as well. I think when we feel overwhelmed, often we then feel like we can't cope like you said, that fight, flight or freeze response. So it can lead then to inaction. So we don't move forwards. Whereas if we're able to keep things simple and reduce that feeling of overwhelm, we start to see that we can cope, that we can do these things and that then will produce further momentum and further action as well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And the the progress in the results that people will see through coaching what what we don't want you feeling is that feeling of overwhelm but we also don't want you and we know that you won't grow if you just sat in this little comfortable bubble and you don't press out from that bubble ever so slightly you know like a toe out at a time or like a foot out and then a leg (laughs) and then the other leg (laughs) to gradually come out of that comfort zone and it's it's like progressive overload when you're training you know you gradually have to put more stimulus on the muscle for it to be able to adapt and then get stronger. It's kind of like that with your actions and your behaviors over time is you maybe change a little bit at a time and then you can change more and you can change more as you adapt and get used to those changing behaviors and habits. And I think it's that, as you said, looking at those like behaviors and habits that we can do that kind of cuts through that noise as well of all the other things that get put out there where sometimes as well, we can get really caught up in like the smaller finer details um maybe we're worrying about what the best time of day to train is for our goals or the results but actually we're we're just looking at trying to get into a routine of training regularly and we can get so hung up on like what's the best thing again um and actually just looking at what are these smaller things that we can action and then as you said kind of build and adapt from there i think is really really important Absolutely. It's like the, it's like the low hanging fruit, isn't it? Like I'll sometimes have clients start working with me. And one of the first questions they ask is like, what supplements should I be taking? Or is there any, are there any supplements that will help me burn more fat when actually those supplements are going to give you, they're, they're like a sprinkle on top of the icing on top of the cake. Your main simple habits over time are the bulk of the cake. It's like the actual sponge of the cake um whereas love a bit cake yeah if you want to if you want to finally tweak things later down the line then maybe you would start to look at supplements and meal timings or protein timings around your workouts but in the initial phases of it keep things simple and do those over and over again and don't be drawn away by the sexy things that uh, you think are these magical and like a magic pill for example can can I let people into a secret? Like when we were talking about uh, coaching, we did describe it as unsexy, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Sorry, guys, <laughs> unsexy. 
Uh, at least we know where we stand. But I think because of that, we recognize the importance of doing these simpler things that aren't always the, they're not always the sort of clickbait that you'll see on social media where get results in two weeks or things like that, because we recognize that by keeping it simple, we're more likely to continue for a longer period of time as well. And it's more actionable for, for that longer period of time. Indeedy doody. Why did I just say that? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was a bit like Ned Flanders. Flanders. Yeah. <laughs> Indeedly doodly. Oh, there she is. Oh, gosh. Oh, shall What's I do the next, next one? one? <laughs> so the next one that we've got is, this is, I guess, more like one of our coaching principles that we've got here is leaving people better than we find them. So not just generally in the street, but even that, having a smile at people we see. But this encompasses everything, like physical, mental, social health. And I think for us, at the root of what we do is almost like do no harm. You know, we we want to help people improve things, whether that's um, improve your performance in the gym, improve your self-confidence, again, maybe in the gym, or it could branch out into other areas. Maybe it's to start eating in a way that feels healthier for you. Again, it, it encompasses a variety of things, a bit like we were saying at the beginning, like that impact that it has then on kind of your private leisure time, your home life, your relationships. What we do, we want to ensure that it has a positive impact on those areas as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important and integral to getting results and it's a shame because there are there are coaches out there that will do the opposite of this they'll leave people worse than they yeah. found them you know they'll end up breaking down people's relationship with food or people will end up dieting so hard that they get ha hypothalamic amenorrhea um it's yeah, it's like the holistic side that Sarah had mentioned there. Like what are the choices that you're making around your diet, your exercise, your other healthy habits? What what impacts are these having on the other areas of your life? So I think that kind of comes back to like we're talking a lot today about our coaching values, but it also comes down to to your co- your coaching values, your values overall in life. We What we don't do is dictate to you exactly what you have to do. Like we'll... Uh, part of online coaching is setting targets and that is a very very small part of it and then adapting things as we go based on how you're getting on and how everything's fitting into your life which I think kind of leads into another one of the points that we had which was online coaching being client-centered or person-centered um I don't know. I know, Sarah, you like added this one in, didn't you? So <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Oh, wow. No pressure. But I think <laughs> just exactly that, that it's about meeting people where we find them. So where they are. I just thought that linked in with leaving people better than we find them, but also meeting them where they are and where we find them not and- physically <laughs> it's online you never know guys it's online <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah exactly that sort of taking an individual like with a client and getting to know them where they're at what are their current difficulties what are their goals and how can we then bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to get to and that's going to look different for every single client that we work with 
And I think this is one of the things I love most about coaching is no two clients are the same. We might have similar goals, but we all have a different life. We all have different responsibilities, different thoughts, different feelings, different things that we do day to day. And those, all of that will impact then on how we work towards that goal. And yes, some of the basics might be there in terms of what we put into a client's workout, maybe um, like getting your fruit and veg in, things like that might look similar for everyone, but how that's implemented and how we support an individual through that is going to vary depending on what's going on for them and what's happening within their life. And I think that's something for me is really important with coaching. And that's the bit that I love the most, I would say, is is meeting that person where they are and helping them to helping to bridge that gap between there and where they want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between like true person centered online coaching and generic cookie cutter plans. It's like all well and good giving somebody a plan that's the same as the last 100 clients that have come before them but like Sarah said everybody's lives look different everyone has different responsibilities family dynamics care responsibilities jobs um preferences I'm trying to think of other things I'm like pulling them out the air (laughs) (laughs) but every, every like everyone is unique there will be overlaps there um and again going back to keeping things simple there will be certain things that are universal universal concepts that we use in coaching or places to focus your efforts but how you actually meet your targets will be different compared to somebody else like when you do your workouts or how many workouts a week you do maybe that's impacted by you being menopausal maybe you get a lot of muscle soreness and joint soreness after workouts or it takes you longer to recover so let's make the workout shorter less intense and a little bit more frequent that might work for one person but for another person it might not so there's yeah, it's very much a, we'll meet you where you are, set your targets, but then adapt them based on the things that are happening in your life, things that come up, barriers, events, everything like that. And I think that's it. It's having that awareness, even for ourselves of clients we're working with, what works for them. But we only learn that by working with that client and asking the right questions to understand what actually works for them from them. Mm. yeah totally because I think you know both both of us are definitely evidence-based coaches we look at scientific literature but that isn't a hundred percent of how we help our clients make decisions on their targets um we do use that we use it to help us and guide us but most of it kind of comes from the clients and lived experience and experience coaching other clients um and even experimenting sometimes with different things or still underpinned by the science. Yeah. And I think like we said earlier, almost that what's optimal or what's shown in the science isn't always going to be what's optimal for you. And ultimately that's what we're looking at because that's that broader thing to link back even to leaving people better than we find them, that impact then that that's going to have on your physical, mental and social health, if it's more catered to you and what's realistic for you, then that's going to be a lot more beneficial than saying, well, science says X, so you must do that. Mm -hmm. Person and science-centered, just like a collaboration of the two. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go with that. Yeah, love it. 
So shall I do the next one then? Yeah, go for it. So the next one that we've got down is putting things into perspective. So this covers a lot of areas. So we've already touched upon overwhelm, but also things like helpful thinking styles. But for me, I guess like a broader thing of helping to encourage things like curiosity, as you all know, one of my favorite words, self-compassion, but also our own values and getting just curious about those things allows us to put those things that happen into perspective. And I guess this is where our check-ins come in really helpful because it's a time where a client can kind of sit down at the end of a week and review what's gone well, maybe what hasn't gone so well, what maybe are they struggling with, what can we look to maybe improve on the next week. And I think that's something you can do with a coach or you can do by yourself. And I think having that time to do that, to sit down and review allows you then to make a plan of what to do the following week and again can be really empowering because it puts you back in that driving seat of okay this is what's happened this went well that not so much these are things I can try and experiment with next week I know where I'm going from here so again it helps us to maintain action yeah I love that I love the point you made about putting yourself back in the driver's seat and actually feeling empowered to make and see make change and see the outcomes of the changes that you're making because if you never sit down to review what you're doing and review your progress you're never going to like actually take the time to acknowledge the progress that you are making or to explore different ways of doing things if one certain way isn't working I think particularly when you do that exercise like checking in however that looks with an online coach whether that's written whether that's through a call a series of messages however you do that with a coach you have an outside perspective to then challenge you on some of those unhelpful thinking styles or those preconceptions that you have or the belief that you're not capable of doing something a coach can challenge those thoughts that you have where you may not necessarily have challenged yourself before on them or you may have challenged yourself too much on them and you being overly critical and overly harsh um so I think that's where the difference is between doing this yourself and then doing this with a coach particularly if you've never done something like this where you review your progress each week I think then having done it with a coach for x amount of time then can kind of lead you into maybe then being a little bit more independent with it and able to do it yourself Definitely. I think as well with the coach side of things, it helps having that accountability in the sense of, I don't know about you, I know for myself in the past where I've said, I'm going to journal every day or something completely unrealistic for me. I'll do it maybe for a few days and then I'll stop. But knowing that there's a set time each week that you've set aside where you're going to do that can be really, really helpful. But also having that nudge from your coach of, okay, it's check-in time, like let's both have a look at this so again not feeling like you're on your own with it I think is really useful too because if we are feeling overwhelmed with what we've got on or like the process itself as we've said earlier it can feel like oh just I can't do any of it but knowing that you've got that support network of someone else external who can have a look in and encourage and and help you to see, I guess, like the wood for the trees with some of the things that we're coming up with 
can be a real sort of invaluable part of that process. Mm -hmm. I think that helps drive, and this was another one of our points, wasn't it? It helps drive confidence um, when you know you have somebody who's basically on your team and they're backing you. It's like a, you've got like a base of support to always go back to. So if there are certain things you're doing differently to before, or you are challenging your preconceptions or you're challenging unhelpful thinking styles, you're doing it with somebody else. And it's kind of a lot less of a, a lonely endeavor, <laughs> if you like. Um, it, yeah, it's like the, what's the, the psychology experiment that they did with young children in a room with their mum? And when their mum was in the room, not that we're saying we're our clients' mums. <laughs> um, I, I am wondering where this is going. <laughs> but there were the kids and they would play with toys and interact with different things in the room when their mum was there. And then when left, their mum left the room, they're less interactive and explore less in the room. Their mum comes back and they interact again more. So it almost kind of gives you a bit of a safety net and a safety blanket to try out different things. Um, and yeah, to, to challenge things. And I, I've certainly found that like recently in a lot of um, the calls I've had with one-to-one -one clients, they've been like, yeah, you know what? I'm up for trying this certain way. We'll have a discussion about it. And then they'll go away and, and try it out knowing that the next week they're going to come and check in with me and let me know how it went. And then we can change things if we need to. Um, so yeah, the I think the check-in process is really important. So you've touched upon there, the confidence side of things already. And I know that that was something that, really does underpin our kind of coaching but also something we see with clients in terms of being successful is as that confidence grows and also something else is the independence so mm -hmm. looking to build that with clients where it's about them being able to carry on with these things as you said on their own so even you mentioned there with like checking in that eventually in time it might be a process that you're able to kind of review and do that by yourself but also these habits and these behaviors that you're looking at building that confidence and independence with can carry on and that I know that's something really important to us is not just telling you to do something but it's it's guidance you already touched on this also really but guidance not a dictatorship so asking clients what they want to improve on what's important to them and by doing that we can build the confidence in the areas that are important to them and encourage them to be independent too by teaching I guess um which is also something else we're going to come on to mm, but very but nice by, segue there <laughs> <laughs> but by giving them that kind of knowledge and information but also that self-belief that essentially we're guiding but the client is the one doing mm -hmm. and I think that's something that's really important to emphasize we could give you all the information that we have or all the information in the world but ultimately it's the client themselves that's doing the action and I think that reminder of with check-ins that you're the one doing this you're the one that's done the work you're the one that's changed that thinking or changed those habits and actually you can carry that on I think is really important to us mm -hmm. and I like what you said there going back to the the thing about information there isn't a lack of information out there every, every single person listening to this has access to google or what is it now chat gpt AI. <laughs> so AI. you could literally get any information that you wanted on diet and exercise and muscle building and fat loss and the menopause, what whatever it is that you're wanting help with. 
it kind of comes back to then there being so much information there that you can feel so overwhelmed with it and you don't even know where to start. So part of an online coach's job is to filter out all the relevant information to you and then all the correct information to you and then to apply that to you based on your circumstances and your preferences and the barriers that you face and the events that you go to and life in general. So I'm not sure where I'm going with this. Maybe it's relating to the learning thing that we were going to talk about, but yeah, there's, there's so much information out there that we really help you nail down exactly what it is that you need to learn from the information that is there. Like what's a myth? What is accurate? Okay. This is accurate, but it's optimal and maybe optimal doesn't work with your current life circumstances. So how can we drop down from optimal and do the best that we can under the circumstances? I'm kind of, that was a big tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. But I think that when you were saying, again, it's, it is, it probably does link in with the next one about kind of learning. But I think having that support, as you've already touched on earlier, to try these things, because confidence comes from doing. So we can feel unconfident, but if we don't try something, we don't know. And I think that's where, again, having that coach, that person in your corner, that's going to be there to support you regardless of what the outcome is and help you to work out a plan of what to do next, I think is really helpful for building that confidence, especially when we're starting out. And as Catherine said, there's so much information out there, working out what's relevant to you and what might help you can feel like another thing that we need to take on. And having that coach to support in that process can help them build that confidence because there's less of a fear of am I doing the right thing and actually a lot of this comes from from trying things out anyway often there is no right or wrong it's about learning again we're gonna we might as well just go on to that but technically learning about what works for us and putting that into practice and that's what will help to build that confidence over time Mm -hmm. absolutely there was something that I was going to say that popped into my head when you were chatting there. <laughs> oh, I can't remember what it is. I was like so like involved in listening to you that it kind of <laughs> just floated away again. Oh. And it was about learning. Oh, what was it? Yeah, I suppose. No, that was it. That was it. It's, it's come back. It's back. Amazing. Baby, <laughs> come back. <laughs> we both love doing our accents, don't we? <laughs> it's going to float away again if I don't say it soon. Um, the other thing was part as part of you learning through online coaching is being able to ask questions. Any online coach who is worth their weight, weight in gold, worth their weight. I, I don't know which one like is. worth their salt as well. Is there something like worth their salt? Oh. Is that something too? Which would you rather have, salt or gold? Got to love a bit of seasoning. Ooh. Well, you know what's really nice that Hannah introduced me to was salted tomatoes. So, you know, just like oh, vine yeah. ripened tomatoes cut up with, with like a little bit of salt on. Oh, delightful. I've heard of that before. Don't I don't think I've tried it. Or maybe I'm getting that confused with like people with cucumber and sweetener or something. But I digress. Maybe <laughs> we'll try that. Chopped up tomatoes that is not, not the cucumber. It's like really nice if you've got like a salty craving. Just... Nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, asking ask questions. Your coach should be able to answer them and not be like, "Don't worry about that. That's fine. Just like I've got this." 
if you've got a question and you're curious about something, again, going back to the curiosity element that we always talk about is if you're curious about something or you've read something or you want to try a different dieting method, you're like, oh, I wonder, you know, I'd like to try intermittent fasting. What, what are your thoughts on that, Sarah? Then you should be able to ask your coach those questions. And that's part of the learning process is being able to ask questions and get them answered in a way that's, again, relevant to you and your circumstances um, and not just always thinking about the optimal. Some people will want to look at what's optimal in some situations. But yeah. I think such a good point about being able to ask questions. And I think something I really like to sort of instill in clients is that no question is a stupid question because mm. It isn't. I think asking questions helps with our understanding and it might be that the way that you've been told it before or what you've read just doesn't resonate for you. So maybe you need to hear it in a different way or with a different delivery. And it's such an important thing then to help build that independence because the more that we understand about something, the more likely we are to maybe follow that through ourselves or make a choice of whether that's right for us based on that information and that understanding. But then that's also going to build our confidence in our ability to make decisions or to follow through with something because we understand why we're choosing to do it. And I think it's that, it's that choice. It gives us a choice of do we want to do this or don't we want to do this? I'm not following this blindly because Catherine said this is a great idea or Sarah said this is a great idea. I mean, obviously it would be a good idea if we told you to do it. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) But it's it's giving you that information to make that informed choice. And I think that like that informed decision-making is not something we put down, but I think it is still a real important factor within our coaching is kind of giving you that information and putting that power within your hands of, okay, you've explained this. I've asked a few questions. I think this is what's going to work right for me at the moment. But equally, I know that if it doesn't work out as I expect, then there's other things that we can try and I can learn about that. And I think that's a really important thing too. Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned like that word empowered. It leaves people feeling empowered because they can make informed choices based on the information they've been given because they now understand it or they understand it better than they did before, then they can kind of move forward with it. I think that's such an important aspect for long-term results. Like Sarah said, you're not going to follow something, you're not going to follow something blindly by being dictated to and then expect long-term results out of that. I think understanding the process and why you're doing it is a massive part of, of long-term, I keep, I'm just keep saying long-term results, a massive <laughs> part of long-term results and maintaining those results. Yeah, definitely. And I think something there that you said that's gone out of my mind now, oh, no. which is really annoying. I was like, oh yeah, it's a really good point. But I don't know if this was the point, but almost I think that empowerment is something that we want all of our clients to feel is that this what we're doing is based on sort of them their values and and what they want to achieve and and they are in the driving seat we are guiding and we may have information that they haven't necessarily looked to before but ultimately we're there to guide and and not to enforce 
We're the roadmap and you are the driver in the car. <laughs> Love a good analogy. Or we, I don't know, we help you pick the right car for you to drive somewhere, <laughs> wherever you want to go. Oh man, don't turn into a car salesman. What wheels me. are we going to put on? <laughs> Alloy? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything about cars. I'm just going to show No, up. I was I was sensing that also, but I don't know anything either. So you can. <laughs> Would you like electric or diesel? That much. I Why know. am I talking like that? Stop. I don't know, but I'm enjoying it. Can you do the whole podcast like that next time? <laughs> yeah, I'll think about it. Um, I think that they were they were our main points and more. Um, and I think my strange voices now are, are probably a sign that we should start to wrap up, right? I'd I'd second that. You've empowered me here to make that decision. You've given me the information, and now I'm making that choice that I agree that we should wrap this up. <laughs> so I suppose if this has piqued your interests, then make sure that you listen next time because we have a oh. very very i'm just going to put another very in there very exciting announcement for you Ooh. do you know i am i'm interested in hearing I'm, what that is i'm curious <laughs> i'm curious i feel like there are words of the podcast interesting i do although i don't feel like we said that much today i'm curious i think we're getting better at it yeah for sure <laughs> not being interested <laughs> no no <laughs> I'm not using that word as much <laughs> well um, what also that brings us back around to what should we have the the hashtag instagram story challenge as oh. this week what about what about little otis how about like uh, a get get better soon otis <laughs> wow yeah if you can send otis your love that would be great he yeah. will appreciate that a lot he loves <laughs> instagram <laughs> <laughs> he's always on your stories i uh, he, he loves it He's the best thing about my stories, let's be honest. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, also, we get to to see each other next week in real life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amazing. That'll be fun. Buzzing. You're coming to Edinburgh? I am. I sure am. So watch the stories next week because they will be on fire. (laughs) There probably won't be any, but just watch anyway. (laughs) And we're also buzzing for the next episode of the podcast. We are. So buzzing. Yeah, very much buzzing for the very, very exciting announcement. Bet you can't guess what it is. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's wrap it up there. We love you lots. Love you. Bye. Bye.